Uh, hey, Paul. You ready to record tonight? Yep, ready to roll. Oh, well, did you have somebody else do your synopsis again? He hasn't. That intern hasn't been around my place. I got paint that needs chipping. Yeah, that's about that. Uh, no more. What? What happened? Is he just he? He quit, or he just didn't come back? Did you break him? I had to. I had to let him go. Oh. Mm. He kept kept trying to give me a test on economics. Well, I mean that is his professionality. Professionality. No, his profession was supposed to be intern. He wasn't supposed yeah. to be giving me grades. He kept calling my parents and telling me that I was telling them I wasn't studying enough. Well, that's what you get for over hiring for a position. You got to think smaller. You got to you know not not shoot for, you know. Yeah, well, you know, I I'm taking resumes again, starting some interviews. You know, we'll see where it goes. Oh, so you you had any good ones? Oh, I got to tell you about the one I had the other day. Oh, all right. All right, next. Hello. What's your name? My name is Modoc. Modoc. What? What? It, I, I see on your resume here. There's a little initial next to each, uh, or a, a, a period. Next it's an to each. acronym. Yeah. What? What does it stand for? Mental organism designed only for killing. Killing? Uh, well, that's maybe. really not part of the job description here. Oh, uh, what? Well, that was a typo. That should be Modi. Mental organism designed only for interning. Shouldn't that be Modifi? Modifi? What the hell is a Modifi? I, uh, I don't need... I'm out of here. course because I, as soon as I go on to Skype the dog wants to go outside so I'll be right back. Come on. I, I gotta go outside. I gotta go outside. Yeah, and then he's gonna want to be back inside. Uh, I want to come back inside. Let's go. Pissing now. Everybody's learning how. Come and take the dog outside. Do, do, do. Come and take the dog outside. And the Paul got up and he took the dog. The dog had to go outside. He waited till he got on to Skype to go, and he started giving the eyes. Hey, now, Paul, it's time for me, time for <sighs> me to, to go pee. Let's go pissing now. He keeps going Everybody's outside. I'm wondering. Now. I don't watch him, but I'm wondering if he's got the irritable bowels or something. Uh, you just did, did you even hear my song, or were you just ignoring my song? Oh, I was trying to ignore it. Well, you'll have to go back and listen. Are you recording? Yeah. Oh, I don't seem to be recording. I will hear it at some point. Let me let the yeah. dog in, and then we'll get ready. Then we'll go, okay? Who let the dog in? Paul, 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 Paul. Paul, let the dog in. Paul, 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 Paul. There it goes. Now letting the dog in. Here it goes, Paul. Paul's jumping up and getting the dog because the dog's all done. Who let the dog in? Paul, 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 Paul. Who let the dog in? Paul, 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 Paul. All right, I'm running out of lyrics. Eminem, I'm not. Unless I was an M&M candy, I'd be the peanut one. I should just record a show of myself, talking to myself. Hi, self. How you doing? Oh, pretty good. 
How you been, Bill? I'm a little gassy. Other than that, I'm fine. I know you're just sitting there, Paul, listening to me laughing. All right, I'm back. Good to have you back. Good to be back, Paul. And well, Bill. So, uh, any actual comic news? No, no. Other than, you know, watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. this week. Um, I'm catching up on Constantine. Which is, uh, what is it? My friend Romeo is a supervising producer. Oh. And he directed the episode that aired last week. Uh, Devil's Vinyl? I didn't watch it yet. I don't know. <laughs> oh, it's got Papa Midnight in it. That's a... He was in the Keanu Reeves movie, I believe. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's he's from Hell from the Hellraiser comic, from what I understand. I've never read the source material. No, but I've heard Andy say good things about it, so yeah. I've, I've been thinking of maybe trying to look some up. Well, when I when I mentioned to Andy that my buddy is uh, you know working on the show, he says, "Tell him to make Constantine into a little bit more of a bastard." I guess he's yeah. coming off as too nice of a guy on the show. Yeah, I remember a- Andy saying that. Uh, he and Michael did a quick review of yeah, on, the first. on Palace. Yeah, yeah. Did a quick saying that his accent's a little off too. That he's got like the wrong dialect yeah. to it. That doesn't that doesn't mean anything to me as as a uh, as an American. Sure, if I lived over there, I'd care. <laughs> but I don't. Oh, well, I couldn't. You so, know, honestly, I wouldn't be able to tell the difference. That's all it comes down to. It. It's not that I don't care. It's that I don't know the difference. Well, there's a nice video you can watch on the that this thing called the interwebs, and um, it's called Anglophenia, Anglophilia, Anglo something. There's a cute little blonde haired girl, and she does like twenty seven odd different English or Great United Kingdom dialects. She's just nice to look at. Well, the the, the one I said it was interesting was they had like a, a thing of like I think it was the ten worst movie accents of all time. <laughs> And one one of them was was Kevin Costner doing an English accent for uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, which he kind of like was so sporadic about it. Like sometimes he did it, and sometimes he didn't. It was terrible. Mm. Well, you know, accents are, is you know hard to uh, I guess stick with them. Well, I think you got to be around them for a while to pick them up. Like my mom, she's like a I don't know, she's like an accent chameleon sometimes. Like, depending on who she ta- talks to, she'll take on some of their mannerisms, and I'll be like, who are you? Yeah, some phone. people just do that. They just naturally adopt. Yeah. You know, I, I think the thought process is they're trying to pronounce the words the correct way, well, and I, then I, to do I so, even, they adopt the accent. I don't even think they do it knowing they do it, because I because I asked my mom one day, I'm like, why are you talking like that? She's like, what are you talking about? Well, you talk to this person, you get this weird southern accent, you talk to this other person, you get this New Yorker thing. I said, well, are you just trying to make fun of She's like, I don't know what you're talking about. She, she doesn't even know she does I don't it. know what you're talking about, mate. <laughs> hey, piss off, you little bugger. Suddenly, she, my mother's Eliza Doolittle. Oi, governor. <laughs> I uh, try Henry to make you feel foolish here with your, your talk of some, some accent that I'm using. I don't even know it. <laughs> uh, yeah, Henry Eggins. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I know a few people like that. But like I said, more often than not, I, I think they're trying to like pronounce things in the way that people they're talking to pronounce them. And mm-hmm. they just adopt the accent and, in, a, in, a, in a foolish notion. The rain in Spain falls mainly on the plain. God, no. Yeah. So. Sorry, I'm having a My Fair Lady flashback. I like Rex Harrison. 
I liked it as Doctor Doolittle. Yeah, exactly. If I could, but you know what? Did you ever notice that you Rex Harrison? If I could turn back time. What? <laughs> I know you were gonna you were gonna sing if I could talk to the animals, but you just said if I could. So I said he did not. No, sing no, no, no. If I could what, turn what, back time. What I was going to no, that was Cher, but by then, and that's before she looked like a man like she does now. But um, did you ever notice that Rex Harrison never really sang his dot his song? He just spoke. Like spoke sang, he he didn't sing. He just. I mean, I still like the movies he was in, but he didn't really sing his dialogue. He just spoke his spoke sang. I don't know if that's a real word. Sing song. Spang, spang it. No, but I did like him in Wife for a Lady. I did like him in Doctor Doolittle. I guess I'm a musical kind of guy. Did you know that? Like the guy who didn't sing. Such a conundrum. I am just I am a, I am a living paradox. You are. Mm. You know, Xanadu was rated like one of the worst movies of all time, like the top twenty five or fifty. There really is a reason for that. It's a good movie, man. No, Bill, I I, I, I hate to you know, everything is subject to opinion. It's just one. And nobody's opinion is more valuable than the rest, except it's when they one, try and say that Xanadu is good. It's just one giant music video. Yeah, I know, and that. But does I not like it. Make. It's when Olivia Newton-John was hot. That's that's what it had going for it. I don't like the guy. I think he was dopey. I don't know. Gene Kelly? No, Gene Kelly was great. Um, especially the whole '40s flashback dancing sequence. He was he was, and then the whole you know everybody all around the world got to tell you what I just heard. There's gonna be a party all over the world. And then he was put on the different costumes and. It was a bad movie, Bill. It's not a bad movie. I liked that movie. You are allowed to like movies that are bad movies. There are several movies that I think are bad movies that I like, although I can't think of any off the top of my head. Because hmm. if I like it, generally it's got to be good. But apparently you like a movie that's not. That's okay. Where you where your liking of bad movies with pride? It's not a bad movie. It's not the bad movie. It's not the bad movie. Come on. It's, Arnold's, I, it really is. It have Arnold it's on a level with "Thank God It's Friday," which came out around the same time. Mm, that's which is also a horrible movie. Working at the car wash. Okay, what about the Wiz? What do you? What if you compare the Wiz to Xanadu? Which is worse? <sighs> that's a tough one because I say I think the Wiz is better, but it's even a little bit more dated at this point. So I don't know if I could sit through it. But then I couldn't sit through Xanatu either. It's been so long since I've seen The Wiz. Um, and and that's not a kidney stone joke. But um boom. It's a prostate. Prostate joke. Prostate infomercial. The Wiz. Ease on down. Why don't you ease your urine on down the road? Try the Wiz prostate solution. Dr. And, Bill's prostate special. And Nipsey Russell will be my spokesman. Now he was the Nipsey's- Tin Man? Yeah, yeah. I don't think Nipsey's alive anymore, is he? No, I don't think he is. Mm. Was Bill Cosby in that movie, too? Was he in The Wiz? Uh, not sure. Hmm. Sure, I'm going to have to look it up. But uh, you yep. had the Michael Jackson, the Diana Ross. Yeah, Michael Jackson was a scarecrow. Nipsey Russell was the Tin Man. I cannot remember who the Cowardly Lion was. I don't even remember who the Witch was. Hmm. Let, why don't we find out? Let's all go to the internet. Let's all go to the internet. Let's all go to the internet and find out who's in the whiz. Hey. Let's see the whiz. 
Jones. Don't you 1978. Know. There it is. That might... There it is. It's the Wiz. Richard Pryor, was he in that? Oh no! Let's mm. see. I'm punching it up on IMDb right now. Diana Ross, Dorothy, Michael Jackson, the Scarecrow, Nipsey Russell, the Tin Man, Ted Ross was the Lion, Mabel King was Eveline. Mabel King was the mom on uh, What's Happening, I think. Uh, very possibly from the. Teresa <laughs> 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 Merritt was Aunt M. <laughs> Thelma Carpenter, Lena Horne. Played Glinda the Good Witch. Richard Pryor played the Wiz. Hmm. Who played the Wicked Witch? Oh, Eveline. Oh, she played. I guess she was a Wicked Witch. That's Mabel King. Hmm. I don't recognize anybody else from. Yeah, those are the names that I know. I even just did the expanded search, and I'm not getting nothing from anybody. Not ringing any bells. Ring my bell, ring my bell. You mean you don't know Vicky Baltimore? No. <clears throat> no, I'm, I don't see any other names on here that I recognize. Hmm. Yep, Mabel Cage. Oh, well. she, she did play the mom on What's Happening. And she was the Wicked Witch. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> What's up, Raj? <laughs> Rerun. Didn't tell, tell me you didn't want to always smack D. Oh, the sister? Yeah. Man. Oh. She was the she she was the reason I was glad sometimes I was an only child. I like the ones where uh okay. what was I, I can give you two names of very small parts here. Uh Roberta Flack was part of the Wiz Singers Adult Choir. Oh, I missed that. I Robin missed that. Givens played Robin guest, Givens. Guest at Aunt Emma's party. Wow. Before she went on to uh Howard Stern. Where are we? She are, was are, on are we head of the same class, way? I think. Hmm. I think that's where she made a name for herself before she married Mike Tyson. Oh, wrong, wrong, Robin. I'm Robin Quivers was on. Uh, I've got, I've got my Robins confused. Yes, Dah. very much so. Somewhere, someone was just cursing me over the internet, over their iPod, and I salute you. I, I thought you were talking about her just being like a guest on Howard's turn. I didn't realize oh. her being. Luther Vandross was in the Wiz Singers Adult Choir. I always I always think of the Eddie Murphy uh, was it delirious <laughs> when he did Luther Vandross. It was just like bip, 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 bip. <laughs> 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 Luther, Luther Vandross, nothing but a big Kentucky Fried Chicken eating mother. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not familiar with Luther Vandross at all. I'm, I'm pretty sure he's passed away, but. Uh, I think, but just that, be. just Eddie Murphy doing that. I n- had no idea who he was, but that still cracked me up. Oh, Nipsey Russell died in two thousand five, <laughs> age eighty seven. Well, it's good that you said it in a way that rhymes, because they always used to have him say poems, like when he was on Match Game. How did I say? How did I rhyme? He did I died in two thousand five. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I, I remember on Match Game, and I think it was on the Gong. I don't remember if he was on the Gong Show or not. Mm, I don't remember him. Don't remember him on the Gong Show, but he was on a lot of game shows. Yep, yes, he was. Luther Vandross. I don't... Let's see. Yep, Luther Vandross also died in 2005. It was a bad mm. year for the Wiz. I was going to say, maybe there's like something... It's the curse of the Wiz. Wait a minute. When did Michael Jackson die? Oh, much more recent than that. Was that 2010? Probably around there. Yeah, he died like right before my birthday. He He really put a bummer on my birthday. I was never much of a fan, to be honest with you. Of my birthday or of Michael Jackson? Either. Mm. Yeah, he uh, died. No, I mean, uh, 
Jackson's okay. <laughs> he died June. I like some of his songs. I don't like all his songs. There's some songs of his I really, really like, uh, but others I'm like, meh. But, uh, you know, this. I can really... recognize his talent, but I'm just not a big fan. <laughs> ben. <laughs> it's kind of scary. I named my son Ben after a big, giant rat. <laughs> well, the original Willard scared the heck out of me when I was a kid. <laughs> Yeah, because, you know, if you live in New York, you're used to seeing big rats. Oh, yeah, all over the place. It's hard, hard to walk out in the street without stepping on one. <laughs> Rodents, too. Oh. All right, so we have one email. <laughs> <laughs> Enough whiz talk. This is... Yeah, because we're losing our focus here. So Stay we've on got target. an email titled, Back to the Bins, number 172, or What Happened to the Books? The books. From Tim Elliott. Greetings, all. No books covered. But great conversation between some swell fellas who really love comics. BTTB is the cheers of podcasting. Everyone knows your name, and all are welcome. A ready, re- a ready recently addressed, a ready recently addressed the lack of formality or structure on the show, and I do see his point. I, I guess think you meant to say a reader recently addressed. But we don't. We're, we're not. We're not a written a reading material. I read recently. I read recently. Do you know what? We're you just know, we have a guy supporting us, and we're, we're ragging on his letter. <laughs> but one of the reasons I love BTTB is just listening to you two talk comics and have fun. Just my two cents. Cheers, Tim from Texas. Thanks a lot, Tim. I appreciate that. And I have to tell you, I don't want to beat a dead horse on this, but I have given a lot of thought to that letter, and ultimately, what I come back to, and I hope. I haven't said this too many times already, but what I come back to is, to me, the banter back and forth between Bill and I is one of the main reasons I have fun doing this show. So I, I would hate to take away the fun because then it just isn't really worth doing if it isn't fun. So Well, and I'm just going to punctuate that with a musical gag like I usually do and not sing Guns N' Roses. Sometimes I feel like I'm beating a dead horse. Anyway. And see, now if, if we had more structure, you wouldn't have gotten that. Wouldn't have gotten away with it. Or your little, or your little dog, too. Cheers. Then, just now, for the sake, because I have no reason to throw this in at all, but just because I want to throw in the clip, I got nowhere else to go. <laughs> I got nowhere else to go! I got nowhere else to go! <laughs> I got nothing else. You know, I said that to my wife the other day. She was arguing about something with me, and I turned it around to her. I said, you got nowhere else to go. You got nowhere else. She just looked at me because I was going, you got nowhere else to go. Are you telling me she didn't get the reference? I don't think she remembered it. I th- she was mad at me anyway. So We were discussing cl- cleaning the garage, and it, That's, and, it, and it turned into, well, because I was having an adult discussion, but then I became the not adult <laughs> Because I said, I, I said, I really like to clean up the garage and change up some things in here. She's like, well, the first thing we need to do is go through your stuff. And I'm like, oh, oh, I see. That's where we're, that's where this always ter- goes to. All right, fine. I don't want to have this discussion. And I turned my back on her. I sat, sat at the computer <laughs> doing something. She's like, you're really not going to turn around and look at me. You're not even going to talk to me. <laughs> I wouldn't even answer. Finally, I turned around. I'm like, oh, well, I'm like, 
that's the first place you go. We got to get rid of my stuff. She's like, I'm not talking about your comic books. Just, why do you have two VCRs over there? Why do you have power supplies and coax wires and and piles of electronics? I'm like, oh, okay, you got a point there. Because I can. You never know when I'm going to need that power supply, that six volt uh, reverse polarity power supply for something that I have no idea what it went to. But someday I'll find what that went to and I'll need it, damn it. I'll just go buy a new one. But anyway, speaking of Cheers, you ever been to the Cheers bar in Boston? I have. Oh, yeah. It's it's weird because the only thing that looks the same is the outside. The inside's yeah. totally different. They do have a wooden Indian inside. Yes. But the wooden, wooden Indian I have in my house looks more like the wooden Indian from Cheers than the one <laughs> that they have in the real bar. And then the... Uh, well, one of the guys that was there, uh, one of the bartenders said, "Yeah, he's like, yeah, cheers, where, where nobody knows your name because everybody's a tourist. Yeah, that's really, this is true. It's, <laughs> so, I don't think, it, that, yeah, I don't think they have any regulars. Tim Elliott, he sounds like a, uh, and he's from Texas. It's like Tim Elliott, Texas Ranger. Do you think he worked with Walker? Probably. Probably learned how to be tough from Chuck Norris. So don't mess with him, man. Okay. All right. Well, you were the one that was butchering his email, not me. Yeah, and I think it was you. He, he's, he, he, I think he's coming for you. I think you were the one who was being critical of it. I think, all right, I think we need to roll back the tape. <laughs> no, I was critical. This is Dr. Bill making fun of Tim Elliott. <laughs> that has to be the worst Dr. Bill. I could do a much better Dr. Bill than that. <laughs> I think I think you. <laughs> you know what? If I had done a, a really like totally on point Doctor Bill imitation, it would have been less funny. <laughs> no, I I was criticizing your 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 reading of his letter. And, Not- I, and yes, okay. So I stumbled over some words, but I didn't criticize his grammar i didn't criticize well all right well maybe it's, I. it's like having professor allen on all over again who what you gotta gotta have a teacher in here grading us that's right because there's two cents in this email and he would be pointing out the you know <laughs> I give that letter a <laughs> a well the numerical value of two cents when you take into account how much it produced to actually transmit this and the electricity used and the human energy but oh shut up already <laughs> we love you, Professor Allen. We're just kidding. Uh, I still need my toilets plunged. Strong, don't you think? What? I said, don't you think love would be a little strong? Did I say love? You said love. God, you know, I really throw that word around a lot. I got to stop saying that. Honey. <laughs> <laughs> Starting by taking it back. <laughs> First off, I don't love your food anymore. And I never have. <laughs> I'm, I'm fond of Professor Allen. I think that's as far as it goes. <laughs> Yeah, I don't want to say, I love you, Professor Allen. Me love you long time, Professor Allen. Yeah, I mean, seriously, the guy didn't even give me an award in his, in his stupid blog. Let it go, man. Let it go. Stupid blog. <laughs> Damn just watch, him. Just go, just go watch the Frozen movie. I haven't even seen the Frozen movie, so, but I just, just let it go. I, I like the Frozen movie a lot, but our compatriot Scott did not. Oh. <sighs> I think he's biased because it kicked out. Uh, see, that's what's kicking out the, um, yeah, that thing in um, Epcot. 
Oh yeah, the, the no, I I agree with him. I don't like the fact that they got rid of the Norwegian tour thing. I think well, I mean, it's called. I wrote I it once. That. that was a fun ride. Yeah, well, I, I'm sorry. I, I might have said this before. I, Epcot is kind of boring to me. Well, that's because you're an ass. What a how? How am I an ass? Because Epcot is great. No, it's not. It's a big spending tourist trap. Is all it is. How is it any more of a tourist trap than any other Disney park? Because the other parks have rides. Oh, there's no rides in Epcot. No. No. Not 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 in the did showcase. Did you area. see that thing called Soarin', which is like maybe the best ride Disney has? No, we couldn't ride it because they only have like three or four rides, and they're all packed all the time, and you can't get on them. It's funny because I so went on twice. So you got to go ride that. But that's I guess that's just me. Okay, so so that's your intelligent rebuttal. <laughs> you turned into the Swedish chef. Work, 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 work. Yeah, because I was in the showcase. And the showcase is awesome. I don't know, man. It just, it, I don't know. a lot of walking. Check every country out. They have performers at countries. It doesn't have to be rights because you know why? You're not seven. <laughs> if I go to a part of the amusement park, park I want to be for amused. Adults. I don't, well, well, how come that they didn't have, uh, you know, porn land or something if it's adults? Prostate world. You just didn't go to the right Disney. <laughs> yeah, I went to that Disney park. Prostate world. You know what? I don't want to go to Prostate World. Well, well, that's, well that is your idea of the way to make Epcot better. I would have to respectfully disagree. My way to make Epcot better is the one I saw on the internet and other people have seen is where they turn all Epcot into a freaking Disney. They make the big... They make Spaceship Earth into the Death Star, and they turn all Epcot, each and one of those little showcases, into a planet. You want to make Epcot better? They ban you from it. I knew you were going to say that. You're, you're no so, longer allowed there. You're so bad. Ooh, oh, I hadn't been there in 10 years since the last time I went. Uh, maybe I just don't have the... We, we, we went to Magic Kingdom. It was all we could do to get you off of the It's a Small World ride. Right? We never even went on that. Now you're just making up stuff. I like. Uh, I think Epcot is awesome. I really do, though. I mean, not not to to be contrary. I just really do think it's awesome. Uh, I mean, the one um, the show in the American Showcase was pretty cool, and ride around in the Aztec thing was nice because it was dark and it was cool, and you could get out of the heat. I thought I mean, checking. Not- che- I thought checking out each country was cool. They have a lot more characters. They have the, there than they seem to in any other park, which is good for photo ops with the kids. They uh, they have the uh, Agent P uh, mystery thing that you do. They have oh. Soarin'. They have they have the well, best fireworks show there. Which I mean, we didn't get to see because we were racing to get to the Matterhorn, not the Matterhorn, the Maelstrom, whatever the the thing. The Maelstrom, was. which they closed down now because of you, because yeah. of you and people of your. I ilk. broke the ride. Yes, it was me, my ilk. Well, you people. How did this? How did this turn into a Disney podcast? Well. All people like you make Scott Gardner cry. Like like the Indian on the side of the road. You <laughs> standing at the concierge desk, turns to his side, cries. <laughs> because I walk through the through the lobby. Epcot sucks. <laughs> and then you just cut to Scott with a tear rolling down the side rolling down his cheek. I mean it was it was okay. Although I did like Spaceship Earth. That, that was pretty cool. I think if we could have gotten on some of the other stuff at, at the front of the park, I might have had a little bit. Of, but it just seemed like I was just, I don't know. It, I think it was if Jen weird. bought you a big lollipop, you would have been 
satisfied all day. Yeah, I would have passed out from a diabetic coma. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, okay, Mr. Let Me Drink a Giant Bottle of Piss Warm Mountain Dew. It's diet! Diet! Yeah, it's going to kill you, diet. Die being the opposite. Wait, we're all going to die sometimes, eventually. Hey, did you see the uh, Godfather house is up for sale? Yeah, Scott posted it today uh, saying I was going to be homeless. (laughs) I don't know what he's getting at. I don't know. Maybe I should stop knocking. Yeah, Epcot. I love it, man. It's great. Don't kill me. <laughs> You're uh, the you know, different people are allowed to disagree. You, I think that that's I, awesome. I, I, you don't. I, I, but the okay. difference is I'm right. It's and not, you're not bad, but it's just not. I'm just. It's. Not, I hate to sound like Austin Powers. It's just not my bag. I like the Magic Kingdom better. Just me. I would say to me, my least favorite is Animal Kingdom. I've never even been there, and I have no desire to go to that one. But uh, I would rate Hollywood Studios. Above Epcot. Well, my personal favorite is Epcot. That's because I'm a grown-up. Okay. Well, that was our only email. Hey, do we have any um, iTunes reviews? I don't think we have any new ones. Hmm. I haven't seen any new ones in a while. Did you? I didn't, didn't check like in the last few days. I have not checked in quite a while either. Um, let me just take a quick peek. Well, as of as of about two weeks ago, we did not because I looked about them. All right, well, I'm going to assume we don't have any new ones. Yeah, people, people who don't hate us, put iTunes reviews up. It's good. <laughs> makes us happy. It makes baby Jesus smile. <laughs> I was waiting to say that. It makes the baby Jesus happy. It so. makes Taylor Swift and the baby Jesus happy. All right. Why don't, why don't we get to? Why don't we actually talk about some comics? Because I think we've been bullshitting comics. for about an hour now. Well, yeah. Well, I I did take a bathroom break. That was an extent yeah. break. Break. But, you, know, uh, you got a book I, this week, right? Yeah. You know what's funny is I picked a book out, and I'm looking at it, and I'm reading through it. I'm like, man, I know I've read this book before. It was I was reading Jungle Action number five, and I thought it was. Uh, um, a Black Panther book because the Black Panther was in it, but I'm like, is that Panther's yeah. Rage? Mm, I don't know. Uh, maybe. Uh, mm, I, don't, I think so. R- Rich what it was? What it was? It was a reprint of an Avengers book. Oh, okay. No, that, that's it that's was a reprint. first issue. Panther's Rage started in the next issue. That was the reprint of him against uh, Manape. Yes, if from like Avengers number sixty-two, which I figured that out. I'm like, you know what? This is just so familiar. It's got the Avengers in it. I'm like, I know I've seen this. And and it said you know from it was it was referencing Avengers sixty one I'm like oh, well maybe this just jumped into this book but I know I've read this and then, then I figured out oh this is a reprint dummy 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 so so yes I do have uh, who's got the newer book older book me the older book yours is yeah. from eighty one and mine is from eighty nine so you are the older book I am the I am the older of the we two we usually go Marvel first anyway oh yeah it's true ah well my book. This uh, fine podcast. Uh, see, I was going to say day. Just, by night. the way, before we get to the books, yes. uh, if and when he listens to this, Scott is going to be pissed about the choices we made. Because he, he, I'm, I'm oh, guaranteeing because you, I picked you would the like Bob to Layton. be in here for both of these. So, shh. Okay. Hey, psst, psst. You, you listening, don't tell Scott about this. It's between us and nobody else. Got us, it? Us and the three listeners. Good. Remember, you got to download twice, Paul. That way, we can keep our numbers up. That's that was Professor Allen's job. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> it's not. 
Well, you know what? Hey, anything that he did said while in our employ is our uh, intellectual property now. So we can use his joke, right? You know, maybe, maybe I should have hired Modoc on because he probably has Wi-Fi and could just continuously download us. <laughs> he got like a built-in hard drive there, and like, is it built into his chair? Is the Wi-Fi built into his chair or his head? You're hitting my bandwidth. Cut yeah, it out. hitting my bandwidth. Trying to play Angry Birds here. <laughs> well, you know, those Angry Birds kind of look like Modoc. They got the big giant heads. Some of them. So, anyway, the Marvel Iron Man number. Number. What the hell? I've lost the number. Oh, 152. Duh. Iron Man, issue 152, cover date, November 1981, on sale date, August 18th, 1981. A whopping 50 cents, <laughs> covered by Bob Layton, and this is one of my favorite. I loved it when I got this when I was a youngin, because this was like the first time I had found out about, like I knew Iron Man changed his costume. But this was the first time where he had like a really special that I had ever seen a specialized costume. Yeah, this, and this, this is, is like the beginning of them realizing that they could do like some really really cool things as opposed to just updating it to look more sleek or solar powered batteries or adding a nose. Yeah, or roller skates. Mm-hmm. I'm coming. Hold on. I'm in my scooter round. I'm in my scooter armor. But this was the uh, this was the black stealth armor that he uses to sneak into East Germany. But before uh, I'll I'll jump back to our uh, the uh, what would we call these the uh, the credits the the guys that did it. There's there, there's a word I'm looking Creators. for. Creators. Yeah, it's it's like that, but it sounds French. Nom de plure, or is that not the right word? Bonjour. Bonjour. <laughs> the nom... the French things I know. There's a. Uh... Uh, omelette du fromage. Isn't that something with cheese? An egg with cheese. Oh. <laughs> um, I'm running out of French here. The chocolate mousse, as we will say. Deja vu. Have we met before? Yeah. Anyway, this is the list of guys that did stuff in the book. We have our writer is David Michelini, which I only know how to pronounce that after hearing Scott and Chris do an interview with him. I didn't mispronounce it, did I? I don't think so. Okay. Penciler, John Romita Jr. Plotter and inker, Bob Layton. Letterer, Joseph Rosen. Colorist, Glennis Ween Oliver. And our story is Escape from Heaven's Hand. And wearing his stealth armor. Oh, by the way, I uh, glommed this nice um, synopsis from the Marvel Wiki page because I was pressed for time. So I just want to give credit where credit is due. I did not have time to do a Dr. Bill blown out of proportion synopsis. And probably some of you are going, oh, thank God. Wearing his stealth armor, Iron Man reconnoiters the Heaven's Hand facility in East Germany, gathering data and taking photographs like a tourist. When he accidentally activates the site's defenses, he has to flee like a little girl as the stealth armor has limited offensive capabilities. Meanwhile, in Heaven's Hand, Bethany is reunited, reunited with her ex-husband, Alex, whose death was faked by the KGB in hopes of obtaining the identities of sleeper agents from him. 
unable to obtain said information using drugs. The KGB hopes to threaten Bethany's lice. Life, not lice. Of course, you may want to threaten lice, but that would be a good thing because they'd, they'd be out of her hair. But they threaten her life to, re, to force a confession. In his regular armor, Iron Man launches an invasion of Heaven's Hand while Rhodey remains close by in a vertical takeoff landing craft. Sneaking into the facility, Iron Man removes his armor and disguises himself as a Soviet officer a la James Bond. Managing to locate Bethany, she reveals to him that she knows he is Iron Man. He puts the armor back on in a rather creepy montage and helps rescue Alex from his cell. While Iron Man battles the facility's defenses, Bethany brings Alex to Rhodes Craft and escapes. However, the East Germans, the East Germans had a special agent to unleash against Iron Man, the living laser who blasted him out of the sky. And that ends the episode. And next time on Iron Man, would you believe the living laser? It looks pretty threatening in that last picture. The living laser? Yeah. Yeah, I like the way they've 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 done up um, like the energy around yeah. his hands and and it's, all the little buttons he has on his gauntlet. Do you think they do anything, or that's just studs? For no, like, I think it's I think it's just to look seventies cool. Yeah, because it's got. Unfortunately, this was in nineteen eighty one, so it probably wouldn't have been so cool anymore. But he's he's got him on his belt. He's got him on his uh, the little the little flare on his boots. He's got the Star Trek two boots, the mm-hmm. Rathacon boots, and he's got the little buttons on his boots buttons on his booties he's and, like uh, sweet gypsy rose <laughs> and uh we got some awesome bob layton art in here i mean well it's john ramita but it's you could, bob layton I'm you you can see bob layton all over this yeah i yeah. think john ramita you know was was overpowered to an advantage by bob yeah. layton yeah because i mean it almost looks better than when i've seen straight up bob layton stuff i mean i i think it's a good mix it's now, the one I had done when I first came on was issue 150, which was uh, obviously two issues before this. But I think even this looks better than that. And it, and, I, and I don't know if that's because there's more Leighton in it than was in the others. Because um, I think he did some of the inks in that one, too. Did he not? I think in 150? I think Pretty so. Sure. I seem to remember talking about Bob Leighton when you did that issue. Mm-hmm. But I can't tell you 100% for certain. Now, some of the cool things about this issue is, one, when he's sneaking into Heaven's Hand, it looks like Devil's Mountain from Close Encounters. Yes. Yes, definitely. <laughs> They've got the facility all built up on the top of this this mountain. That just, but then they have a – I'm sorry. Go ahead. Finish what you're saying. It just rises straight up, just like the, just like the same mountain from the movie. But they have, if you look on the side, there's just a little, little peak that they have a little building on, too. It's like, yeah. you know, it's like, well, sorry, you got to go down there and bring them their food. <laughs> <laughs> Just drop it over the side. They'll be fine. And all the stuff he's got built into this stealth armor is cool. He's got like a sonic spike he shoves in the ground to like uh, sonic ground penetrating radar. Yeah, they, Maps they, out the whole base. They really took the James Bond vibe in this one with the, with mm-hmm. the stealth armor and the dressing up as the Rus- Russian soldier and just even the overall russian subplot you know it's a, like a lot of the james bond movies of this era he was like he was the timothy dalton james bond before timothy dalton was james bond he's he's if you cross timothy dalton with uh what's his Pierce name brosnan uh, no i was thinking who's the point guy ron jeremy <laughs> <laughs> no 
with the mustache, yeah. The mustache and the hair. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, um... Although I, I should not make fun of the porn stash, because I had one of those for many years. Well, you probably still do. Well, but I have the goatee now, but, uh... Ah. Before, so before you... the goatee, I had a, I had the porn stash from when I was, like, 18 years old. So you're the, you're the evil Ron Jeremy. Yes. Mm. I, I, don't, I don't like Iron Man in his belly shirt. Iron Man in his belly shirt. When he's putting on the when he's putting on the uh, armor. When he's putting it on the top, upper upper left corner. It's like it's like he's got the half the you know like the girl the half shirt that a girl would wear with the belly button showing. Which which upper left corner? The the which? montage of him getting into his into his armor. Oh, when he's in front of Bethany. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, that and, whole and, page and just is even creepy. from that shot, and, and I don't want to take this too far because. Oh, uh, uh, I know what you're going to say. What? You're going to talk about the fact that his pants are undone? His pants are undone, and the armor is already on underneath them. Like it's a cod piece or like yeah. a chest. What does this belt? guy do if he has to pee? <laughs> you hear clank, clank in the bathroom. Well, because isn't like the whole armor supposed to be in the briefcase? Yeah. Except for the shorts. I guess in case somebody tries to kick him in the crotch. Clang. Oh, my foot. Oh, you know, he's protected. It's like a cup. He's iron cup. But, yeah, you know, that was that. I kind of scratched my head. I'm like, wait a minute. He had that piece on underneath his pants. What? Yeah. And the whole on the whole page, you've got in like a highlighted lighter blue color is Bethany Cabe's eyes dominating the middle of the page, you know, as he's getting dressed. And then it, slowly at the end, she hands him the helmet. Kind of like, you know, like the black cat with Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. Saying, here, put this on. I don't want to see your face. <laughs> I want to see Iron Man. I want to see your ugly face, your ugly porn face. So, yeah, but apparently she had known since issue 139 that he was Iron Man or, or suspected. And uh, I remember he's got like a long relationship with her. And it's like down the road, her mind gets, uh, she switches bodies with um, Madame Mask. Yeah, I, I don't remember exactly yeah. where that goes. I don't remember the exact. I did. Well, read I, it. I mean, I read all this when it came out, but I don't I really think remember. Madame Mask, as Bethany Cabe shoots Tony Stark, and he fakes his death. I want to say that that's like an issue, issue two forty. Is that when he when he is temporarily uh, crippled? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and he goes in like a stasis chamber to to save his life. I got better. Okay, <laughs> I'm much better. So, but but yeah, Bethany's snuck in here. She's mad at him because she had hired a group of mercenaries to come in and bust her out, and now he's kind of screwed it up. So he has to end up helping her. Which, from the looks of it, she, she wouldn't have been busting out with his help anyway, because they didn't know that the living laser was the um, the backup muscle for the uh, East Germans. Jawohl. Is it too much to ask for a laser that's a li- that is living? Give me a freaking break here. <laughs> Yeah, there's a uh, there, there's a couple good shots. Um, I like when he breaks into the plant. He comes in through the intake valve, like or like the outtake where where they vent all the hot water, I guess from cooling the uh, power supply or whatever they have. Probably new the nuclear reactor. Mm-hmm. I wonder if there's any long term damage there that he did as he ripped through the cooling pipe. Nah, I'm sure it'll be perfectly fine. Yeah, no, they, this, they, they won't have a meltdown or anything. This wasn't the name of this place wasn't Chernobyl, was it? Yeah. <laughs> but it it is a nice touch that he steps into a cool um, 
like a cool thing of water to cool off his armor so it doesn't fry him when he takes it off because he's been flying through all, all that steam and it's heated up the armor. It, right. It's a nice touch. Yeah, that is. It's a, you know shows a little bit of uh, thought to how the whole process would work. Now, the panel where they're, they're talking in flashbacks after he's gotten returned from his stealth mission and he's thinking of all the steps like when he found out that she had been cat because he found out last issue that she was a prisoner in East Germany. The bottom page, uh, the last one of that page where he's talking to three other guys, one of those guys looks like Lex Luthor. Yeah, he does. And the guy next to him looks like he's walked off the set of The Walking Dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, what the heck? Who are these guys? It's it's either Lex Luthor or uh, the radioactive man. <laughs> yeah, he's a little pale. Or maybe he's like, like uh, what's what's the big dumb guy that's a wrestler? Something George? George, George Animal Steel. Yeah, there he is. But he's in a suit. And he's gonna bite. He's gonna bite the turnbuckle and throw throw Tony into it. <laughs> While uh, Colonel Sanders' cousin and Christopher Walken look on, there in that panel. I guess that's a Christopher Walken with blonde hair and really old. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, sorry, I was gonna say Rhodey looked very different back then from what he eventually evolved. Rhodey's got the big fro. Yeah, he's yeah. kind of got like a what's his name. Uh, who was the uh, the African American actor that was in Enter the Dragon? Oh, it's a big, tall guy. Yeah, Jim. Jim. Uh. <laughs> uh. Uh, you're gonna have to look it up now. <laughs> yeah, I guess since I brought it up, vamp a little. Jim Brown? No, ah, jump back, kick myself. James Brown. James Brown. As Jim I Rose. guarantee you, it was not James Brown. Hey, no, was it John Saxon who was also in that movie? Who always reminded me of a poor man's uh, Adam West. Hmm. I say, hey, Tony, Tony Stark, I'm a boss. Come on, get the arm on. Jim Kelly. Jim Kelly. Went on to, to quarterback the Buffalo Bills for many years. What? No. He's in the Hall of Fame, Jim Kelly. I think that's a different Jim Kelly. I don't think that's the Jim Kelly you're, you think it is. Jim Kelly from Enter the Dragon passed away in 2013. No way! Sad to say. Oh my gosh, they're dropping like flies. Is John Saxon still alive? Uh, last I was aware he was, but let us find out. Oh, uh, I have to let Alvin in. He's jumping up on the other side of the window. He's going to rip your throat out if you don't <laughs> let him in. Meanwhile, while Bill lets in his cat, we'll look up if John Saxon is still alive. And this moment is brought to you by Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom. I'll just stand here while Jim while castrates Jim fights the, water the wild cat. While Jim uh, castrates the water buffalo. I'm Marlon Perkins, and I'm John old. John Saxon, born August 5th, 1935. It does Come on, be alive, be alive, be alive. It does not have any date for a passing, so I assume yes! he is still alive. Somebody made it tonight. When this comes out. I'm going to really be mad if... Uh, oh, my God. Alvin had to go to the bathroom. I guess it's a good thing I let him in. Thanks, Alvin. Oh, man, he I couldn't do that outside? No, he's an inside cat. But if he was already outside... No, he was outside the garage. There's no litter box outside the garage. I'm in the garage with the litter box. So, in other words, when he was outside the garage, he was inside the house? Yes. Okay. He, yes, it was the inside door to the garage. Then I understand. 
My garage is not a garage. It is an actual room. I've disconnected the roll-up door, so, and I have a TV and stuff over there. There's, it's, it's a room. It has air conditioning and everything. What's, what's where the roll-up door used to be? The roll-up door. It just doesn't work. I pulled the power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's still a garage. From the outside. You just use it as a room. From a certain point of view. Is there heat? Well, in you live in. It's really hot. <laughs> yeah, you don't really live in an area where you need heat. Uh, no, I have is, air. What's, what's on the floor? Carpet that I have taken f- over the years from various job sites. It's like a patch quilt of different carpets. So it's just remnants that you've thrown on the, the cement floor. Well, there is one big, gigantic piece that covers 80% of the floor. Then there's a couple remnants and throw rugs for the rest of the area. And it's just on a cement floor. Correct. Yeah, that's a garage. There's no car in you it. You use it as a room, a garage. but it is still a garage. If somebody were to purchase your home from you, they would pull their car in there. That's if the door. You know why they would pull their car in there? Because it's a garage. It's not a garage. It's my. It's it's. I've it's taken what, back. It's what Jennifer has convinced you is your own little man cave. No, over the years, this was my dominion. My This was yeah. built world. You know why? Because the rest of the house, the actual house itself, is hers. I used to have the back room. but yeah, then, until she kicked you out of it. <laughs> but then the children came, and I was pushed pushed back back to the back door to a small little alcove. Mm-hmm. But then I took And then eventually the kicked out to the garage with some sort of mind-altering drugs to make you think that it was part of the house. But then I Probably lost. when you're sleeping, they're just using some sort of uh, suggestive. Look, look, the look, the ceiling in the garage is sealed in. It is not open to the attic. And I had my, my friend Joe and I. We cut in air vents out here, so I have air conditioning in my garage. Uh-huh. This is a room. Okay, now let's just dissect what you just said. There is air conditioning in my garage. Wouldn't you think that Damn, saying that would logic. make you believe that it is a garage? It's like a TARDIS. It looks like a garage on the outside, but on the inside, it's on not. On the inside, there's cement floors with throw rugs on it, so it's a room. <laughs> and comic books and TVs and stereos and lead figurines and books and a washing machine, a dryer, ironing boards, some clothes, a pantry, some ladders. That's a garage. It's Bill World. It's okay that you use it as your little fiefdom, but it is a garage. I'm an island unto myself. So back to Iron Man. Oh, Iron Man. Sorry. What do you think? I like this issue. I've 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 always liked this one. That's why I kind of picked it because it was something I, I've had I have familiarity with. I love this period of Iron Man. Bob Layton is always uh, I've always loved his art, even when he's just doing the inking. Um. Yeah. The Iron Man rogues got get his rogues galleries kind of. Well, you got the un in this in this time frame. You've got the unicorn, the living laser. Unicorn's a weird character. The way he's got to like aim his head at you. <laughs> Good point. Is it? <clears throat> like uh, he, he goes. He goes to shoot you, and he hurts his neck. Ow! I can't turn my head. Oh, I need an aspirin. And then, uh, um. We got. I don't think the Titanium Man. I he comes along. Next time you think you see him is like in the one eighties. I think you won't see him for like another year or two or three. He never actually did team up with Magneto. Now did he? Titanium Man. Yeah. Mm. Oh wait, I'm thinking Radioactive Man. 
Okay, because I'm thinking of Magneto and the Titanium Man because Paul McCartney sang about them. But they never, I don't think they ever appeared together. Well, what song is that? Magneto and the Titanium Man. From the album Venus and Mars. Hmm. Actually, just that Magneto and Titanium Man, not the. Oh, yeah, that's what was throwing me off. <laughs> I think now that, okay, now I. You don't know it, the song at all? No, I, I think it's slowly coming back to me. And the Crimson yeah. Dynamo. Just huh. couldn't take it no more. Huh. I'll have to go back it and listen. It was the law. It's been a long time. Hey, I think that's what Hart sang. I think that was their closing song. So then that would be two Paul McCartney songs because you said they did Let Me Roll It. No, been a long time when I said been a, been a long oh. time. So. That would be rock and roll. Yeah. I call it been a long time. <laughs> yeah, there's no reason to actually give it, call it by its name when you can just call it by some random shut words up. in the song. Shut up, shut up. <laughs> Rabbit. So, so I like how Tony has to, uh, since he has no offensive weapons, he has to take out these little um, defensive drones that spot him by basically dropping on his back and shooting his boot jets up in the air and knocking the two drones together. Kind of like using the force in a way, I guess. Force boots. That's, I mean, that shows you the, the power that's put out by those boots. Mm-hmm. That's able to to knock out those drones from that kind of distance. Yeah, and then, but this armor, like he tries to. Well, this is like your first clue that there's something not because these lasers take him by surprise. Because when he's in there, this this giant laser grid pops up around the whole mountain, and he tries to get through it. And when he goes through it, it like blasts the crap out of his armor. And he's like, "Wow, those lasers are too powerful, more powerful than they have any right to be." Well, it's because they're the living. We're laser dumbass. So that was like they're alive. They're alive. <laughs> so I liked how he snuck back to the um, the old Stark International German Division headquarters. Mm-hmm. He had like a secret entrance through a a um, smokestack to right. his little hideaway. He goes in there. It looks like Rhodey's having a dream about some. Uh... <laughs> yeah, let's just say someone's making him happy in his dream. <laughs> Charlene. Yeah. So, I mean... Rhodey's dreaming about some loving. (laughs) There's a couple good ads in here, because in in this particular one, we've got a... uh, We've got the thing doing a hostess uh, cupcake. And a couple car model ads. Oh, Oh, there's an ad for a comic convention. In New York, Statler... Mm-hmm. And set, set 7th Avenue and 33rd Street. You know where that is? Yes, I do. Pretty close to Madison Square Garden. Oh, oh, I, okay. One of the few places I've actually been in New York. What's the name of the convention? This was the, um, it's just called the Marvel Fanatics. You were invited to the comic convention. A salute to the comic book industry, October 24th and 25th, 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. daily. Tons of old comics for sale. Oh, 1981, there was tons of old comics. And imagine the comics you could have got then that were old then. Mm-hmm. A special yes. Well, that's when I was going to conventions, so that's where I got a lot of my old comics. The comic. Con- oh, it was just called the Comic Convention. It is also coming to Philadelphia, Baltimore, and Los Angeles. Yeah, I guess that's the beginning of like the more, uh, I don't know, more corporate-type conventions. Hmm. You know, I remember, I remember, you know, they had certain shows that they would have, you know, basically once a month. 
Oh, really? At the hotels in Manhattan. So, you know, we, we were going kind of frequently, me and my buddies. Fun stuff. I miss that. You know, it, it's it's not the same. As much as I enjoy New York Comic Con, it's so much more bombastic that it, it loses some of its, uh, I don't know, some of its charm. Mm. And we had a nice Dungeons and Dragons adventure ad. This would have been right when I think TSR was getting big back then. I remember playing. Yeah, you probably didn't play D anD D. You were probably too old by this time. Uh, and I, I don't, I don't know if I was too old, as, but I didn't play. Yeah, I mean, but, but it was kind of like out of your because I stopped playing. Okay, let me back that up. I did stop playing in high, like just before high school. But then when I got in the Navy, I started playing again. <laughs> Different stuff like that. So. Ooh, enroll in the Marvel Subscribers Club. As a Marvel member, you get a $24 value for only $15. That's an amazing... Oh, God, I'm Professor Allen. Amazing 38% savings over the regular subscription price of $6 per title. And so that means I got this book for $0.25. (laughs) A bargain. I used to love looking at these things and checking off mentally, like, which ones I would buy. Like, okay, I'd get that, I'd get that, I'd get that. Nah. I used to do that with the record club ads. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which 13 would I get if I was going to subscribe? Mm-hmm. I used to love it when the science fiction book club would do that. If you order six books, six books for a penny each, and you buy a seventh book at full price, you'll drop your commitment by three books, blah, blah, blah. I, I got tons of books from the 90s. When I was and a- we'll give you this swell carry, carrying bag. Tote bag. Free. But all right, we're killing this to death. What's uh, I'm gonna give this? I'm gonna give this cover. It loses a little because the background is a photo, and I swear that's a photo from. It, it, okay, is that photo from the old Superman TV show? Which, oh, I couldn't say. I swear I've seen those buildings like in the color um, George Reeves or George Reeve. Um, the Adventures of Superman. I swear that's what that picture is. It's possible. And I, I, I don't know why, but I, I'm, I just, I think that's it. So, I mean, the fact that, I don't know, that's, he's supposed to be in East Germany. Why, why, why with the photo background? I think, it, oh my God, Alvin's on the desk. This could be bad. Nobody move. Alvin, I'm doing a show. Can you get out of my face? Thank you. Bye bye. And he just sat on the mouse. Get off the mouse. Come on. What's wrong with you? Skin you alive. Hey. Stop it. All right. Get out. Pesky cat. All these interruptions. This is a professional show, damn it. All right. All right. I, I can't back that up. <laughs> if there was something else in this background besides a picture, I would probably give this an A minus. But I'm just gonna give it a B to maybe a B plus. Uh, the the in- interior art. I, I'm gonna have to give the in- interior art. I'm gonna say A minus because I love this era of of Iron Man. I love the detail that Bob Layton brings. I hate to short shrift John Romita Jr., but I think this is all Bob Layton really. Um, and for the story. I'm trying not to. I'm trying to keep it separate. I mean, the story is a little involved. It's interesting with the stealth armor. I'm going to bump the story up to a B as well. It's not a super great 
fantastic story, but it is, you know, it's it's a little bit better than average. So I, I would say uh, overall the book for me is going to get a, I'm going to say a, a high B plus, almost an A minus. Yeah, I'm going to say I agree with you on the cover that I don't like the photo background, although I do think it it serves its purpose to emphasize the stealth aspect of it. Uh, on the other hand, the motion lines that are drawn really stand out as looking bad against a photo background. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to say the cover, just going to go for a B on that. The interior art, I love Bob Layton, Bob Layton's art. I actually like Bob Layton on Bob Layton more than I like Bob Layton on John Romita. So I'm going to also say B on that. There's a couple of choices layout-wise that I'm not crazy about. I, I like the finishing work, but there's certain, like I said, certain choices that Romita made that I don't know if they, uh, I think they could be a little better. And story-wise, I actually think that, it's my favorite aspect of the story. I like the James Bond feel, the whole stealth armor with the gadgets and everything, uh, along with its shortcomings because it didn't have the offensive arsenal. Uh, I'm going to say A- minus on the story and give overall just a B. Oh, one more thing that I forgot to notice. His eyes are, uh, his eye slits and his mouth are red. Mm-hmm. Like, it, like it's even more stealth <laughs> in the armor. So that's that's kind of like a nice touch too. So. Well, I guess we're, yeah, we're pretty much both giving it bees this time around. The killer bees. The killer bees. The double bees. The double bees and the two L's. Living laser. I guess we'll move on to my book. Moving on. Which is Batman number 433. May of 1989. Had a cover price of 75 cents. Three times what Professor Allen outrageous would pay for it uh covers by john byrne and it shows batman's empty cowl pinned to a shattered cement area uh, by a knife with a death's head symbol on it the punisher oh my god the punisher killed batman uh-huh. <laughs> it looks more like the punisher symbol than it yeah well that's the death's head symbol yeah. the story is written by john byrne penciled by jim aparo inked by mike di carlo uh Colored by Adrian Roy, lettered by John Costanza, and inked by Denny O'Neill. story is titled The Many Deaths of Batman, Chapter 1, Period of Mourning. It was a dark and stormy night in Gotham City, and we join a police cruiser racing through the streets and th- into an alley, then rushing to find Batman strung up to a fence and dying. An ambulance comes to the scene and takes him to Gotham General Hospital, where there's a flurry of activity in an effort to save his life. One of the doctors attempts to remove his mask and another stops him. Batman starts to go into cardiac arrest and they use the good old electric paddles on him. Clear! (laughs) But he flatlines anyway and his body is taken to the morgue where a reporter who reminds me of William Atherton, the guy who played that douche Peck in Ghostbusters and that douche Thornburg in Die Hard, bribes a guard and gets some photos of the corpse. The following day, the headline on the Gotham News reads, Batman dead. In Arkham Asylum, Oswald Cobblepot throws a tantrum. Harvey Dent flips his coin, but as drawn, I'm not sure if the result is that he's happy or upset. But since the scarred side of the coin came up, I'm interpreting it as upset. 
Dick Grayson is looking like he just lost his father, which he effectively did, and is consoled by Starfire and her two friends. Cut to Wayne Mansion, where Alfred brings in the morning paper, and he's clearly <laughs> shocked by what he sees and runs to the Batcave. Sorry, I just got the two friends. Oh, you know, better late than never. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm looking at the panel going, what? She's the only one there. I don't... Oh, wait a minute. Sorry. <laughs> no problem. Better you laugh at it than you shake your head uh, in disgust. <laughs> Jim Gordon um, is attending a police commissioner's convention. I mean, seriously, how many people would be attending a police commissioner's convention? Yeah, let's get all the police commissioners of the major cities in one location so we can kill them all. Spread the Ebola out there. Okay, while he's there, he's told what went on by an aide, and he immediately flies home and goes to the morgue where he utters the only two words of text in this entire book, telling everyone to get out. Once, once everyone leaves, he removes the mask to reveal an unidentified blonde man. Cut to the roof of Gotham Plaza Hotel, where we see another Batman. He appears to be a little bit paunchy and might be unconscious. I think this is Dr. Druid cosplaying. <laughs> anyway, there's an explosion resulting in pieces of the Bat costume and mortar raining down on the street. And that's where our story ends to be continued. I remember reading this when it first came out, and I thought it was just one of the coolest stories because it was. And John Byrne has a way, like you know, he did the uh, issue of uh, Alpha Flight where there was all dialogue and no pictures, basically. And now mm-hmm. he writes an issue of Batman where there's all pictures and no dialogue. Yeah. But it it really did kind of convey the whole story in pictures, which. You know, I, I'm sure uh, in writing this book, I'm sure Byrne didn't just give the, uh, you know, the Marvel method of, yeah, this is what happens. Go ahead and draw it. I'm, I'm thinking he probably actually planned that out page by page and wrote it full script. Uh, and it's just it conveys the whole just emotion of, of the scene of, you know, people thinking Batman was gone, that he, you know, that he was killed. Uh, I'm thinking I interpret it. As Commissioner Gordon knows that Bruce Wayne is Batman, which is something I've always thought. Uh, but in this story, I'm, I'm thinking it confirms it. Like, that's why he takes the mask off to see who is in there. Mm-hmm. And when he sees that blonde face, although you don't you, you don't have any more of Commissioner Gordon there. But the way I'm interpreting it is as soon as he takes that mask off and he sees that face, he says, okay, that's not Batman. And there's two more parts to this story. And it makes you just want to grab him and start reading further. So it's it's I think it's an extremely well done book. Uh, just to go right into a rating on it, I think the cover is an A minus. I think it's very effective in. Just, did this cover right? No, the cover is burn. Oh, it is burn. Okay. It, it's just see where he hit his. He usually hides his signature in there somewhere. Uh, look to the right, rightmost next to the uh, UPC uh, symbol. Hmm. Oh, there it is. Okay. Oh, it, yeah. I kind of see it. Uh, turning my head like a dog. <laughs> but uh, I'm giving, the, like I said, I'm giving the cover an A minus. The story I'm giving an just a just a straight out A. And the interior artwork overall, I like it a lot, and I think it's great storytelling, greatly paced. Uh, the emotion of the characters is really generally conveyed very well, but there's just a couple of shots, like I said, for 
like I couldn't tell in the shot of Two Face if he's rejoicing at Batman's death or if he's cursing the heavens. Um, so there's just a couple of shots that I couldn't quite get what was going on. Uh, so based on that, I, I probably would give this a solid A, but I'm going to give it an A minus just because because of that. Hmm. Overall, I'm going to give the book an A minus. I think this is an excellent story. Had you ever read this one? I I, I started used the word to read lightly. <laughs> <laughs> this was right around the time of the movie, so I had a roommate when I was in the Navy who was heavily into the Batman comic as well, and he got me into the Batman comic. Prior to that, I had picked up a couple Batman um, issues here here and there, uh, like anniversary ones and, and such, maybe a mini series, um, but. He was, I think, right after this was when they started the prestige Batman title. Um, what was it? Dark or the Tales of not Tales of the Dark Knight or uh, can't remember which one that was. Um, but he was getting these. But I think when he and I were actually roommates in the same room, these would have already come out. Uh, because we were living in San Diego like in June of 89. And I know that, you know, the cover date's actually a couple. So these, this whole series would have would have completed. But I, I remember him going on about the Aparo art and showed it to me. And that's where I got turned on to Batman Aparo art. It's like, wow, this is pretty cool. So um, so I kind of got it involved in this after this storyline. So I never actually... I'm kind of familiar with it, but I don't remember where it goes from here. Obviously, somebody's faking the deaths of Batman with other people, but I don't remember who the protagonist was. I don't in, either, in, in the but story. now I, I want to go back and read it again, even though I know I've read it in the past. But I right. don't have any recollection as to how it ended, which scares me a little bit because I remember loving this first part. So the fact that I don't remember how it ended may mean it's a little underwhelming when I read it. Well, maybe, but sometimes you read things like I've read – um, book runs and and when I read them let's say I just burned through like 20 30 issues at a shot and I did that 20 years ago I may not remember it now either because it didn't leave an impression on me or I was just going through it too fast just to go through it to get caught up and it I didn't let it sink in a little more than I should um, I think uh, Oswald Cobblepot looks pretty uh, like he's in good shape I guess prison life is doing him good yeah, I'm. I'm assuming he's so upset because Batman is dead, and you know, at least he thinks. And Batman he didn't get to kill him. He yeah. wasn't the one who killed him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cover. I think the cover is 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 really cool. Uh, with the whole knife has gone through the cowl and cracked the concrete underneath it, pinned it to the concrete. That's that's pretty awesome. Um, I, I and I love John Byrne, his art. I got to give this. I got to give the cover an A. And the interior, it seems a little off from the Aparo that I remember, unless I'm just not remembering things like I should be. Um, I don't know if maybe it's because there are no words and maybe it's just odd. I'm used to seeing things broken up by, you know, bubbles. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm not quite sure. I'd have to give the art a I'm going to give the art a B plus on this and the story for being all conveyed just in pictures. I mean, obviously the art can tell a story because we don't have any dialogue 
You know, it's it's just like it's like reading a silent movie, if that makes any sense. Yeah, Except, no, that makes that makes total sense actually. You know, you're just having a, a series of images there, and you know they're not moving in, in this case. So, um, I, I think I'm going to give this story an A. So I, I think I'm going to round out this book as an A as well because the cover and the story raise up the art. You know, raise up that gr- grade into the A A category. So we're Alcoholics Anonymous. On this yeah, book. we agree too much sometimes. No, not all the time. This is good books, and well, we don't and, agree about what that room you're in is. <laughs> see, see, exactly. What we what we can agree on is that Scott will be mad because he wasn't here for these books. Yeah, I'm thinking. I'm thinking he's going to be very disappointed. That and I thought about that when I saw the book that you picked, and I'm like, oh man, I'm picking Iron Man 152 with the stealth armor. And he's not going to be happy. Yeah, we 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 picked. I mean, just art wise, a Bob Layton and a Jim Aparo book. So. <laughs> Then you throw in John Byrne on top of that. Oh, you guys, you're killing me. Oh, sorry, man. Now, you honestly don't remember at all who, who it, like, it's not the Joker, right? Mm, I don't remember. I really, I have no recollection of how this story proceeds from this point. What are you, Oliver North? What am I, what am I a potted plant? <laughs> I don't I recall. Not. But uh, no, I really, I really don't remember what what goes on after this. So I'm gonna have to read it again, 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 again. I am Elmer J. Fudd, millionaire. I am own a mansion and a yacht. Yeah, again. again. You know, me and my roommate, the guy that was collecting the Batman stuff, we had a potted plant. That oh, wait a minute, we we haven't had this in a while. This would be real life with Doctor Bill. Uh, I don't get it. Come again. Forget it. <laughs> Just gonna tell you a story. A real life with Dr. Bill. Uh, Never mind. Hold on. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for real life with Dr. Bill Robinson. So when I was stationed in San Diego with my roommate Bill, yeah, I know. My name's Bill too. He was Bill Hoffman. I was Bill Robinson. Anyway, we had a we got a uh, plant and we called it Doug. Because if we called it Bill, that would have just been stupid. So anyway, we had the potted plant named Doug. And uh, we were getting ready to uh, leave that duty station and go to our our separate ways. And we couldn't decide what to do about Doug. And we had all this plant food and fertilizer. So we gave Doug like a big party. And uh, we dumped the entire fertilizer thing into him at one shot. And um, man, he got really green and really tall for like two days. And then he just burnt out and died. So... I think it was better for Doug to burn out than to just fade away. Neil Young would be proud. <laughs> Not that we killed a plant. No, but anyway, it is better to burn out than it is. To, well, what is it? Hey, better burn hey, out than it is to rust. My, my. Doug the plant is gonna die. Ow! Alvin's climbing my leg. Ow! Go. <laughs> and now he's on my shoulder. I think he wants to eat, and he's going to eat me. Pesky cat. Thank you so much for listening to our show, and we hope you'll join us each and every week for more good old-fashioned comic book back-issue awesomeness. 
You can contact Back to the Bins to leave feedback, comments, questions, suggestions, and criticisms via email at backtothebins at gmail.com or by visiting the Two True Freaks podcast group on Facebook. Back to the Bins is produced in association with the Two True Freaks podcast, which you may find at www.twotruefreaks.com and is a registered trademark of DeManzocore of Milan, Italy. All rights reserved. Take a moment to stop by and support their other fine podcasts, won't you? Thanks, and we'll see you next week. Eminem, I'm not. Unless I was an Eminem candy. It'd be the peanut one.